0: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Jordan Renan will join us coming up from Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara in about a half an hour. Set the scene for you for a little Giants and 49ers Thursday night football. Greg Bedard, our buddy up uh, in Boston. He of the Boston Sports Journal. He founded the damn thing, as a matter of fact. He'll join us to talk a little Patriots. They will be the Jets opponent coming up on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. And... Look, a lot's already been said, discussed, how this team has certainly not had a lot of success against the Patriots over the last seven years. I mean, that goes without saying. They haven't had a lot of success against the Patriots over the last 20-plus since Tom Brady arrived on the scene in 2001. You know, there have been a few moments here and there, most notably, of course, the divisional round playoff victory in 2010 up in Foxborough, which is the, the crowning achievement. But Fourteen is more than enough. I think every guy in that locker room knows it. And as Robert Sala pointed out, I think when he was talking to the media yesterday, and even the couple of guys that I spoke to today, and just picking their brain on it, uh, you know, they don't look at it the same way as you would or just, you know, the average fan does. Because they don't know what happened, Jets-Patriots, in 2017 or what happened Jets-Patriots in 2019. If you weren't on the team, you got no idea. A lot of these guys were either still in college or playing for another franchise. You think that they were paying attention to what the longest losing or the the losing streak is for the Jets and the Pats? They they could care less. They worry about how long have I been on the team, how long have I been part of this rivalry, and why haven't we won a game? And they view this as a brand-new opportunity on Sunday. Now, if you strip all the history and everything that's happened up until this point away, And you sweep it under the rug and just evaluate this matchup based on the Jets versus the Patriots. The 2023 version. Jets have the better roster. It's not even close. It's not even close. They had a better roster last year. But they didn't win the game. You know, like, if this is gym class, I love using the gym class analogy. If this is gym class and we had, like, the Jets lined up on one side, the Patriots lined up on the other side, and you were the captain and you had to pick a team, you're going to be picking mostly guys from the Jets' side, knowing what you know about them as football players. Now, certainly the Patriots have the more accomplished coach. Guys won as much as anybody else, if not more. And at the all-important position, unfortunately – I don't think that either side has a proven commodity right now. I mean, Mac Jones has been a little bit more successful than Zach Wilson, certainly, since coming into the league, right? Mac Jones at least got that team to the playoffs one time. But there's certainly deficiencies in his game. There's people up in New England who are already campaigning for the Patriots to find his successor. Hell, I mean, there's even reports that the head coach wants to move on from him. But the owner is fond of him. The owner likes having him over for chowder, for dinner. And that's why Mac Jones is still here. And when you want to rewind back to last year's games, let's face it. Jets lost those games doing large parts of the play of the quarterback. It wasn't good. Put too many up for grabs in the game at MetLife Stadium, and he got picked off three times. And then the game up in Foxborough just could not get anything going at all offensively nothing at all. And then you thought all summer long, well, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. Oh, boy, Aaron Rodgers finally going to be the one to beat the Patriots. Say goodbye to that 14-game losing streak. It's going to be over. Well, four games into the season, you're back to Zach Wilson. So think about the potential arc of this story, right? It's funny how it comes all full circle, back to Zach Wilson, back to the Patriots. And in the two years he's been in the league, Belichick and the Pats have clearly given him the biggest headaches. His first home game as a Jet, week two of his rookie year, did not go well at all. I think he threw four picks that day. Belichick had guys coming from him from all different directions. He didn't know which way to turn, which way to look. Thought that he was reading one coverage, only for it to be disguised as something else. And don't you think for a second that Belichick is going to try to do exactly the same thing on Sunday you know you might not be as talented as the team across from you but you know what if you outscheme them and you maybe threw in a few wrinkles and you stick to what you do and don't make any mistakes see here's what the Patriots do folks they're not the all world all talented Patriots like when Tom Brady was there and even some of those teams they were flawed teams but they had Tom Brady to be able to cover up their mistakes they don't have that anymore so they literally have to stick to their scheme and play it flawlessly. That's the only way they can beat teams. So if the Jets can refrain from mistakes, they should be able to take care of business Sunday. Now, weather is going to be miserable. You know, we'll see just how much the rain and, and the elements are going to actually factor into the game. Because, look, you can't trust the weather. You can sit here. I mean, I, I'm not even going to buy in what they're telling me the weather's going to be for tomorrow. If it snows tomorrow, I I won't be surprised, just because, you know, that's what it is with the weather. But Sunday could be tricky, which means ball security is going to be of the utmost importance. But think about an opportunity for this quarterback in particular. And I understand, look, I've been here all week. I've been here since Zach Wilson's come into the league. Whether it was Monday through Friday or definitely on Sundays with you and hearing the reaction from the fans. And it has not been positive. It has not been overwhelmingly supportive of this kid. They wanted to move on from him yesterday. Jet fans that were crushed when Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season, part of it is they were upset that Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to play this year, and maybe their Super Bowl dreams are gone. But I think the other half of that grief was because they realized Zach Wilson's back. And you know what? First two years of his career, I can't sit here and try to convince you otherwise, that he's earned your belief and he's earned your trust. He'll be the first one to tell you that also. He knows he's got to be better. But if you're going to judge it based on what happened last Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys and say, oh, same old Zach, nothing's changed, well, that's not fair. Because I challenge you to find me one area of the football team on Sunday that actually performed like they should. But this is a new chance. You could break the streak, which has gone back seven years. You could get the quarterback and get his confidence up because right now, he's all you got. I'm not sitting here telling you you should still be thinking about the Super Bowl, but if you think that this team is good enough to go to the playoffs and to win 9-10 games, he's the guy that's got to do it for you. He's already in the building. He knows this offense. This is a hell of an opportunity for him to gain some belief that, hey, I could go out there and play winning football. I can beat the Patriots. I can beat Belichick. I can play mistake-free football. But he's got to execute. And we'll see if there's any sort of changes in the lineup as well. You know, the offensive line, people are calling for changes there. Well, you look at the injury report, Dwayne Brown hasn't practiced for a couple of days. I don't know what Dwayne Brown's status for the game is on Sunday. Robert Sala is going to meet the media tomorrow, and he may or may not tell the world if Dwayne Brown is going to play or not. You know, Dwayne Brown is one of those guys because he's a veteran and he's coming off of the surgeries. He might, you know, he gets these rest days in practice once a week, just like a, a veteran's day, they call it. But I don't know if one of the past two days fits under that category or not. And as I said yesterday, if, if, if the Jets are going to make any sort of changes to the lineup, why would they tell anybody, right? Why would Robert Sala go up there tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock or whenever the heck his press conference is and, and tell the world, including Bill Belichick, hey, Bill, this is what we're looking at on the offensive line this week, just so you know. You want to get a pen and paper? Write this down. Okay, Dwayne Brown not playing, so you, you don't have to worry about preparing for him when you go on the practice field on Friday. He's not going to do that. But it does bear watching in the sense that Dwayne Brown struggled in that game against the Dallas Cowboys, and he hasn't practiced for two days. But it's going to take more than just lineup changes to go out there and actually play sound fundamental football. A lot of times you can out-talent somebody, right? You can out-skill the other side of the field. And again, I told you the other day, you look at this Patriots team, they can be exposed. They can be exposed. But you have to execute. They're a team that just sits back and waits for you to make a mistake. And against the Jets, for the last two years at least, with this kid at quarterback, Jets have given them plenty of ammo and plenty of mistakes to feast on. That can't happen come Sunday. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage shopify is there to help you grow sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com network all lowercase go to shopify.com network now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in Shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan grasse Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to Tommy in Virginia up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Thomas, how the hell are you? Hi, how are you doing? Good, Tom. What's going on? So I just had an opinion. Um,
1: one of the callers had called in and said that Saquon doesn't run madly to the uh, to the line. I have to say I agree with him, to be honest with you. And I think that there was a, a difference when it comes to uh, Emmett Smith and um, and uh, what's his name, Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. And Barry Sanders, he never did run, you know, lately uh, angrily to the line. He just knew how to dance a lot. Whereas right. Emmitt Smith. He did have a, a great you know line, but he did also have that that chip on his shoulder. I think the reason why uh, uh, Saquon does so good in the open in the open field is because he doesn't have to run through the lines.
0: Yeah, but you don't think that Saquon's a physical runner? Do you ever watch him in the open field? You don't think he's physical?
1: I do. I think he needs to gain that speed in order to become physical. Physical though, he doesn't exactly explode through the line. Is what I'm saying, well but but how you do know?
0: you know but see but Tom here's the thing though and I thank you for the phone call and this is what callers aren't necessarily cognizant of because they're not sitting there in those meeting rooms how do you know that the scheme is designed for him to run that way right whether it's not just the way the play is designed the way the blocking scheme is diagnosed in the run game when it comes to the line all these things factor in. You know, so from us just watching from, you know, the 50,000 feet view, I don't think that that's necessarily fair. But what's the difference, by the way, if a guy runs angry or doesn't run angry? Like, if I could go back in time now and revisit those arguments we used to have as kids about Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, well, the answer to me was always... You mean to tell me that if, if, if Barry Sanders, you know, the people that thought that Emmitt Smith was better or whatever, and like Tom just said, you know, Barry Sanders danced around too much. Well, you mean to tell me if Barry Sanders didn't play with all those dudes that the Cowboys had, that he wouldn't be just as successful or, or maybe even better, right? Barry Sanders had to dance all the way around and run, you know, this way, that way, backwards, forwards, like he was a video game because the Lions were trash. He was basically like one against 11 out there. That's why he had to do all those things. Let's say hi to Bobby in Belmore, who was up next here on 98.7. Hello, Bobby. How are you?
2: Hi, Dan. Uh, I'm sorry. Before I get to the Jets, I just read something about Volpe. Guy is this guy is third worst in batting average. Would have been fourth to stand. Would have had enough of bats, (laughs) and he's second worst in on base percentage. Now it just shows you what they're teaching them in the minor leagues, going for the upward swing. That's why all these minor leaguers that come here suck. Now Dominguez with the exception. He played well, obviously, but you know it's a big problem. And the lifetime general manager has to take responsibility for that. You know the way these guys are coming up. And there's a reason why they all stink when they come up here. Um, Now let me. Well, how about this? What if you
0: what if you press the what if you press the players themselves like you said so Dominguez was good but he ended up suffering a ligament injury in his elbow when he needed Tommy John surgery Volpe well, according the, to you the, the term you used was he sucks but yet he's healthy and he's been out there to play every single game so I wonder well, like, I if you put rather, it in front of them would you rather be well, successful rather him, well, I, and be injured ahead, or I'm the sorry. other way around
2: well I'd rather him hit 10 home runs and hit 250 Mm-hmm. You know, it's not strike out hundred and fifty times, which I forgot to add. So I mean they're making him to a power hitter and you know, the guy it could be effective. I believe but the minor league system which cash was in charge of, is teaching. they're teaching these guys to go for the home run. And I might have led to Dominguez's U C L. Who knows? You know, they you know, they're they're constantly this is what I've been reading, and I know the minor league catcher said that as well, that the analytics say they're going for the home run, going for the home run. And, and, you know, this is what you yeah, have four to full nine. Like I said, yes, they're hitting under, two, hitting under 200, these guys. Hitting you know. One of six guys on their lineup are hitting 200 or less. Bob, I so, actually,
0: you know, b- you know call, call me old school, right? I actually believe that batting average does matter. And I know that Volpe, like, see, the, the Volpe backers and everybody are going to say, well, you know, he's got 20 home runs as a rookie. He's played every single game, which is great. Don't get me wrong. it, it, it It's good. But if you're batting 208, and he got an OPS that's south of 700. It leaves a oh lot to be God. desired. That's not going to last long term.
2: No, it's not. And it's going to be a, bu- they're going to be in a bus. They're going to screw up this guy. Uh, let me get to uh, the Jets and Wilson. And yeah. you know, you thought I don't understand how they did not get a veteran. Forget the fact that Wilson sucks. Okay, he's been told and this guy. Like you, Bobby's you've on the warpath. He's an injury prone. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said you're on a warpath yeah, tonight. He, Volpe stinks.
0: Zach Wilson stinks. Boy, everybody's no well, good. Well, I
2: you. mean, I'm not saying Volpe. I didn't just say Yankees fourth that he stinks, but you know he's been terrible. And um, but but Wilson, I mean. He's injury prone. This guy's been hurt the last two years. He's a small guy. He's a little bit of a reckless guy. And you now you're going with a Mitchell or Turner maybe this Sunday, and them them two guys were awful in the preseason. They gave up six sacks and ten dropbacks in, in a joint practice against the Buccaneers. And you're gonna have one of these two guys come in here and play left right tackle and move back into left tackle. I mean, you know, even when Brown plays, he's not effective. I mean, you could see it. He doesn't practice in that training camp. He doesn't look like in shape. I mean. I mean, he has two shoulder surgeries. And, you know, the turnovers is what wins these games. And if it's in the rain and he's getting pressure, I mean, plus Cook is a fumbler. So, I mean, I think that if it rains, it's going to be even worse for the Jets. And Judah's going to have a field day. If if Brown is not playing I, and going against, he's going to live against Turner or Mitchell, he's going to have a field day. I think Parsons... Had a field day. He's gonna have a field day too. Well, like Bobby, said, we gotta see what happens. Over.
0: thank you for the phone call. Boy, imagine Bobby! Imagine Bobby talking all that trash on the uh, the paddleball court, like we uh, heard from him last night. Paddleball, right? Not he said it wasn't pickleball. It Was paddleball. We suck. Yeah. Boy, he must be just like ruthless to some of those guys out there. Look, I don't know what the offensive line is gonna look like on Sunday, and who's to say that it's gonna be Mitchell or Turner if Dwayne Brown can't go. Right? There are other alternatives. Don't know that, but I guess we'll get some more information tomorrow morning when the coach talks. Look, if there's elements to factor into this game, both teams are going to have to deal with it. The ball's going to be just as wet as it is for the Jets that it is for the Patriots. I'm more worried about the surface more than anything, right? David in Jersey, up next, here on 98.7 ESPN. David, how are you? I'm on, man. Up, yeah, and that, last
3: negative, that last follow was a negative Nancy. Yeah, you um, got, I mean,
0: Dave, you got to inject a little bit of sunshine into the program here, please. My gosh, Bobby was raining on yeah. everybody's
3: parade. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm going to be quick with my two quick points. Uh, one, yeah. I think Volpe's going to be good. Even though I'm a Mets fan, I, I like him. I think he's going to be all right, you know, after this season. You know, um, what, I, my gest- you know what I think real I'll quick about Volpe?
0: And, and here's where I give mm-hmm. the Yankees credit for this year. They stuck to their guns exactly what they said they were going to do at the beginning of the season. They said, you're the opening day shortstop. We're not going to panic if you go through a slump and and send you down to the minor leagues. They let the guy work through it on the big league level. So hopefully that's something he'll benefit from when next season rolls around.
3: Definitely. I I like him, even though I'm a Mets fan. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my my Jets boy, I'm sorry. Please don't get mad with me, man. Mm -hmm. I go to about three games or better a season. Mm -hmm. And I love my team with a passion. But these two gentlemen, they got to get off the team. Lincoln Tomlinson, uh, I, I, like, you know, he, to me, he, he doesn't do his job all the way. And C.J. Uzama, another one. Like, I, I think those two are, like, they're, they're holding us back in a way. Like, I don't want to go at Dwayne Brown because he's old and, you know, they're just trying to find anybody to stand up right for our quarterback. But, you know, just, there's some guys, they got to go, man, like. I've seen it with my own two eyes. The Rodgers thing, nobody could have controlled that. It happened. And, you know, it's really a gut punch. But, you know, there's, there's some guys that, you know, this offseason, I think they got to go, man, and they got to find some, some better backups or some better players that can hold our quarterback upright and, you know, get us to where we need to be. Like, uh just real quick. It's really hard Could you go to, you know, MetLife Stadium, and I'm always excited to see my Jets. And then there's people that are just, you know, like, what are you excited about? You guys are going to lose or this or that. And, you know, it's, it's just, like, tiring, you know. And I really love my team. Even though we lose every season or whatever the case may be, I feel as though we get better and better. And, you know, hopefully we'll definitely, you know, get where we need to be. Well, Dave, it, Dave.
0: Dave, I'll tell you this, and thanks for calling. Season starts on Sunday. How about that? All right? Look at it that way. It's a 15-game season. You're even And it starts on Sunday. Okay? Forget about what happened in Dallas. Forget about the fact that your quarterback and your franchise went down four plays into the season. It's a 15-game season, and you're 0-0. Look at it that way. And what better way to start your season to get yourself a win in the division at home against a team that's got one coming to them? Right? It's only been about seven years. You owe them this murderous start to the season, the schedule, right? What did we say all summer? We said, you know what, you take three and three if you're the Jets. Three and three's not out of the question. Even with Zach Wilson, it's not out of the question. You get this one on Sunday, well, then you're two-thirds of the way there. Then you mean to tell me you can't find one win out of either Kansas City, Denver, or Philadelphia? Sure you can. Sure you can. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Kansas City's not as lethal away from Arrowhead, number one. Philadelphia really hasn't fired on all cylinders yet, even though they're 2-0. and And Denver is an extremely, extremely winnable game. You know, Sean Payton needs to get his own house in order before he sits there and starts throwing stones at others that preceded him and try to win a game. Ira's in Staten Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Ira. How are you? Hey, good
4: evening, Dan. Hello. Yeah, it'll be a great way to kickstart to get the 2-0, in, uh, at least in the division, with a win this week. But we, Get the rain I, we gear out, a- Ira.
0: Get the rain gear out. Oh, up.
4: no. I got, you know, I, got all, I got all the gear out, all, all ready to go. But, uh, you know, we talked about the beginning of the week. And I'm going to ask you this question. Yes. Are you, more com- are you more comfortable? Because, and listen, is not going to tell anybody until game time, and he shouldn't. But I, I think Beckton's at left. You know, I think Tucker's at right tackle. Are you more comfortable with Kittman at right guard or Schweitzer at right guard? Which which one of those two are you starting on Sunday, if that's what they do?
0: Because the game is so important. Now, they're all important games, right? I mean, we're not sitting here just punting games away like they're preseason. Give me the guy who has actually played the position before on the professional level and not somebody who would be making, let's say, his first start. So if indeed they make changes and you ask me who do I feel more comfortable about at right guard, I would say Schweitzer.
4: Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. Now, let's hopefully this thing blows out to sea, but uh, whatever. You know, just got to take care of it, and um, let's hope Sunday night I give you a call on the way home and, you know, we got our second Division one
0: absolutely ira that's what you hope for and i thank you for a phone call and look you feel good you feel good you know as bad as it was last week and as you know somewhat depressing as it's been you know with rogers going down it took a little bit of wind out of their sails i i i get all that stuff but you know what if you're two and one on sunday night and you're two and oh in the afc east you got to feel good about things right you won two games without aaron Rodgers. You beat the Buffalo Bills, you beat the New England Patriots. Teams that you haven't been able to figure out, really, for the last, I don't know how many years, even though you beat Buffalo last year. And then that, that Kansas City game the following week, it's going to be a tough game. It's Kansas City. They're the champs, right? It's almost a little bit of house money. You say, well, you know, we weren't really supposed to win that game anyway, but it's a good thing we beat the Patriots already, because if we lose to the Chiefs, well, it's not the end of the world. Just get to that 3-3 three and three after 6. But you got to get this one this week. If you were going to win two out of your first three games, these are the two that you would want to win, both in your division. This is the Dan Grasse Show on 98.7 ESPN. (laughs) Giants and Niners, about 45 minutes away or so from Santa Clara, which is where we head right now, for a live report. And to set the scene on tonight's game, and he has been found. He has been rescued from the mountains where he had no cell service. He couldn't even phone for help. There were some passerbys. I think it was like a Girl (laughs) Scout troop uh, that that rescued him and brought him to safety. And thankfully, he is able to join us on the show tonight so he can provide us on all the insights for tonight's Giants-Niners game. We're talking about our pal, Jordan Renan. Jordan, first of all, it is so great that you're okay, and, and that makes me so happy.
5: Dan, you're the one who told me to bring the clubs, right? You said I it's okay, you. bring the clubs, get out there. I didn't know I'd be in the wilderness and nobody would be able to find me because I hit my ball so deep into the woods. I just, I didn't know. <laughs> That's why they don't
0: build golf courses in the wilderness, right? That's why. <laughs> so is this is this interfering? No, seriously, though. Bring- no,
5: seriously, though, no. I they had zero, zero yeah, I, cell I, service. I was intending to do it there out there I got I got you know they were on my case this morning all of this is my number one show now I'm a regular I have a set spot we had a plan I told Harvey I was gonna do it on the course that was pre-planned as well I didn't know that this place had zero well
0: here's the more important thing and of course I appreciate and respect your commitment to the show and I know that you honored it still so you get credit for it but is this interfering with the pre-game meal in any way also because I know that's important Uh,
5: I have not eaten yet, so yes, I'm sacrificing right now. I'm gonna eat whatever's left when I get up there, I'm gonna be the last one to eat. But <laughs> I have to prioritize the Dan Grasse show. Yep. I felt the guilt I had last night I couldn't sleep.
0: I, I, I don't blame you. And and I appreciate that. You I'm understand? sure that they yeah. They will find some food for you. I'll make a call over there to the, uh, the press dining if I have to to make sure that Jordan <laughs> is taken care of. Um, all right, let's start with the injuries. Obviously, we know it's a laundry list for the Giants. Saquon, Andrew Thomas, Ben Bredesen, Ojalari. Here's the question that I have. Are they optimistic that all or some of those names will be ready to rock and roll on Monday Night Football in 11 days?
5: Yeah, well, the interesting one is Saquon in that I, I just sent out a tweet He told Taylor Rooks from Amazon Mm
3: -hmm. that
5: it is, in fact, a high ankle sprain. So, and he downplayed the severity, but but still, Dan, a high ankle sprain is a high ankle sprain. You know, that is normally not the easiest injury to come back from. So I still have doubts about whether he's going to be ready. Now, he's going to push some play. That's what Saquon Barkley does. But for his own good, he's the one I would be most concerned about because If you look at the first four games back from the previous two ankle injuries he had, he averaged 41.6 yards per game the first time in the first four games back. 46 yards rushing per game the second time back. And then admitted after the fact, hey, you know what? I probably came back too early. So while he wants to play and you admire that, it's almost like, and I spoke to a source who kind of, you know, close to him who kind of agreed with this. You have to save him from himself in this situation. And that might involve missing another game against uh, Seattle in 11 days from today.
0: Interesting. All right, now as far as the team as a whole is concerned, they've been a Jekyll and Hyde bunch. They've looked awful for the first six quarters, looked great for the last two quarters, mm-hmm. and it was good enough to get them a win in Arizona. Which version of these Giants are we getting tonight?
6: Well, this is a
5: tough matchup because we saw what happens when they play against a strong defensive front that can rush the passer like you know we saw in week one in Dallas. And it made it really tough to operate offensively. They're playing another really strong defensive front here in San Francisco. But I do think they've in some way found their identity, right? Like They they understand, I think, that second half in Arizona showed them what this offense needs to look like. Most of their damage, by the way, was done off play action. Daniel Jones, I think it was 243 yards off play action in the second half alone, which was a career high for him for any game. So, like, that's their bread and butter of what this team needs to be. Run the ball to keep the other team, uh, you know, have them respect it, and then, you know, do some damage off play action and try to get those playmakers, including Jalen Hyatt, who, who, you know, I, I think we're going to see more of him today, uh, try to get the ball in his hands quickly today. Uh, screens, bubbles, uh, you know, bubble screens, uh, end the round, jet sweep, those kind of things to slow down his defense.
0: I'm concerned about the offensive line. And the way that they're going to try to slow down there. this Niners' front tonight. I mean, it's going to be a patchwork group. They did okay in the second half against Arizona, but that's Arizona. I mean, Evan Neal against Nick Bosa. This could get
5: ugly, Jordan. How do you think Nick Bosa like thinks? He's like, well, I got Evan Neal on one side. Like, where do you want to play, Nick? I got Evan Neal on <laughs> one side and Josh zudo who did all right last game as a he starting right. left tackle. But he's like, you know what? I don't care where you put me. These those matchups are great for me. And on the other side, you got Trent Williams. You know, blocking what? Uh, Jihad Ward, Boogie Basham, and you know, Shane Zimenez. You think he lost sleep last night, Ben? No, I don't think so. By the way, so it's what's the, the best, latest on the potential tackle in the game?
0: Yeah. What What What's the potential for a Justin Pugh reunion? I guess the Giants worked him out. Where do things stand yeah. there?
5: Yeah. The, where things stand right now is they want. To, they're going to see how the you know things go today. Shane Lemieux, by the way, starting at left guard. Uh, oh, really? I've been told. So you have you have another new, uh, alignment. Uh, Marcus McKeithen's at right guard. So you have basically two guys have played less than what? Five games started. <laughs> Marcus McKeithen started for the first time. Shane Lemieux has like barely played in the career because of injury. Those are the two guards. So yeah, let's see how they do. But I think the the Giants said, we'll, we'll kind of get back the cue after this game, see where they're at. They have 11 days. I think there's a possibility that something that something could happen there. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see the result of this game in the meantime.
0: Boy, Dable only wants to play Glowinski if it's like absolutely emergency situation only. My goodness, the poor guy. Um, How about the quarterback (laughs) tonight? He's the one that's got to play behind this offensive line. What do you think the plan is tonight in terms of Daniel Jones? How much of a workout you think he's getting tonight in terms of his legs in the running game, whether it's zones, just trying to get him out in the open? I got a feeling he might be the Giants' leading rusher tonight.
5: Yeah, well, what happened in the second half last week? Who was the leading rusher? It wasn't Saquon Barkley. It was Daniel Jones. This offense, and Daniel Jones, operates best when he's using his legs and moving. The thing about that playoff game, the playoff win where he was great, when Daniel Jones has his big games, it involves running as well. So I think, yeah, that's got to be a big part of slowing down this uh, 49ers defense.
0: Have you ever been? Did you get to the bottom of the mystery as to who indeed called the plays in the second half of that game in Arizona? Was it Dayball or was it Kafka?
5: Yeah, nobody's ever going to admit that, right? Because, unless because the only one who's going to tell you is, is Daniel Jones or those two guys. it will look bad if they tell you that Kafka, you know, did not call the play. So, but I, I think we'll find out real quick here if Brian Dayball is doing it again. If he's sitting there and they have the, the you know, the they pan the camera to him where we're watching him from, you know, the box. And we see him putting his the sheet over his mouth every every play. I think it's going to become pretty obvious pretty quickly.
0: Talking with Jordan Renan, he's in Santa Clara. Giants and Niners coming up in about a half an hour. Thursday night football. Let's talk to, about the defense here because they have not been good. They've allowed the most points in the NFL. They've they don't have bad. a sack. They don't have a sack. They don't have a turn a, a takeaway. They're the only team in the NFL that does not have yep. one of either. Um, what type of challenge are they in for tonight here, and what can they do to get that unit going more than anything else?
5: Yeah, big challenge because we know this is a really, really talented 49ers team. Brian Dibble said it's a roster filled with all pros and pro bowlers, and, like, up and down. Like, I mean, he's right. I mean, his team is loaded, so they have their work cut out for them. Uh, what I've been told is that the Giants have been disappointed that – the guys that they need to be top-line players, the uh, Leonard Williams, Kayvon mm-hmm. Thibodeau, uh, Xavier McKinney, these are the guys they need to play well, and they haven't really played well, and they didn't play well, especially in that last game. So they're really looking at those guys to step up their game and play to the expectation level for them. Otherwise, that you know this defense is not going to be what, what they thought it was or really what anybody thought it could be because – uh, if you're not, if your best guy is not playing at the level you need, you you get no chance. Why is
0: Isaiah Simmons only getting like 13 snaps? Is he on par with the defense yet? Is he still trying to pick up the system?
3: I think he's a, a player yeah. without a position.
5: Like he, mm-hmm. he's like in that Jabril Peppers. Like this is this is why the, his value. I think is a seventh rounder. Right? He doesn't have a natural position. Now, I think we'll slowly see him play more and more. Um, Michael McFadden had a really tough game at inside linebacker last week, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see more of Simmons starting tonight.
0: Giants keep this one single digits or no?
5: I think they're going to keep it close for a while. I don't know if ultimately they can they can do that and and hang in the end, but I do think they'll show some pride and be able to hang around for a while. This, that kind of was the M.O. of this team last year. You know, even when, even when you don't think that. You know, you think they're going to get killed, they're crushed. They do show enough to be able to hang around, but then ultimately, it's the challenge to sure that's too much overcome, which happened last year against the big team. They'll kind of wilt as, as the game goes on because they're just overmatched.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's going to be 40 to nothing like the Dallas game, but I mean, this the Niners are just really. They would really have to good. play
5: their F game, right? My- that, they played their F game that day. Like, they were awful. They didn't do anything right, they fumbled, they turned a a field goal attempted to a touchdown for the other kick. You have to do a lot of really, really bad things. Like, I don't don't expect them to play. Like, they'll play a decent game, I think.
0: We'll see what happens. It gets underway soon. Jordan, thank you for a couple of minutes, my friend. I always know that you could be counted upon. And uh, enjoy the game. Safe travels back, and we'll do it again next week.
5: All right. I'm going to put it on my calendar right now just in case.
0: No golf. No golf next Thursday.
5: (laughs) I didn't say that. Mm.
0: All right, buddy. Appreciate you. I'll see you. All right, there's Jordan Renan covering the Giants game tonight for us here on ESPN. Giants and the Niners. See, I'm not I mean, Jordan honored his commitment. It was supposed to be yesterday. He, remember, Harvey, if you want to go play how we all got to this, Jordan was the one who initially said, hey, Giants are playing next Thursday. Why don't I do Wednesday? So he suggested it. He was on top of it, but the cell phone gods were not receptive last night, and that's why we couldn't have him on the show. But still, he came on the day later, so it was a Thursday spot, anyways, for Jordan. It all worked out. Not only a pro.
2: day, not only a day later, but on game day.
0: On game day. What's like better than
2: with, on game day?
0: Within the hour, literally within the hour of the kickoff. Not too many people are doing that.
2: It's a shame he did it on empty stomach, though.
0: He'll get he'll get food. Trust me. He'll get. They still got food. Don't worry, they're not, they're not running out, even for those Gavones that cover football games.
3: This is the Dan Grasse Show on 98.7 ESPN.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I told the story earlier in the show. I was reminded that 37 years ago, I attended my first Jets game. Jets-Dolphins shootout, September 21st, 1986, 51-45 over the Dolphins. Um, today is also... Another memorable day, anniversary-wise, in New York sports. Because it was on this day, 22 years ago, when this happened. Play it, Harvey. Lopez
4: wants it away.
3: And it's a deep to left center. Andrew Jones on the run. This one has a chance.
2: Home run. Mike Piazza and the Mets lead 3-2. Ten days
0: after 9-11. Right, the first New York sporting event after those attacks—it was a Friday night, Shea Stadium—and I tell the story like each year, like whenever that rolls around. Like I remember a couple of years ago, in particular, when it was the 20th anniversary of 9/11. Like, not even you know everybody remembers that day or whatnot, but but specifically like that day, the 21st, like when sports returned. Like you're looking for anything to have normalcy once again, right? And that game, even, like, as it was being played, like, you're sitting down and you're watching it, I remember vividly, and it was just, like, it, it, you know, it, it was a diversion, but you still didn't know, like, really if you were excited, you know, whether it meant anything, whether you should cheer, whether you should, you know, like, how, how should you feel about it? Because it was just so emotional, and it was so, you know, the, the, all the ceremonies they were doing pregame that night, and everybody was feeling it. I mean, you lived here. I mean, this, it, it hit you hard. Obviously, you know, we we went from day in and day out not knowing what was going to happen when you step foot out of the house, if you were going to be safe, about, you know, what was, you know, potentially the next attack, and all these it was just crazy, crazy times. So then that game happens, and that night, and the game is, you know, going through the middle innings, and then, you know, when he hit that home run, I remember specifically feeling at that time, like okay, it's okay to cheer again. And that's why it's gotten so much hype over the years. And now it's, you know, a little over two decades later to where, like, you know, if you were old enough and you were around then and you remember just those times and how you were feeling and what the tenor was like and Met fan, not a Met fan, whatever it was. Like, that home run brought you back to normal again as just somebody who on a Friday night would be watching a baseball game, watching a Met game. And the most popular player on the team, best player on the team, future Hall of Famer, hits a go-ahead home run against the arch rivals in a late-season potential pennant race. Because remember, the Mets got back in it that year in September. Even though it was kind of, you know, fighting an uphill battle, they still had a pulse, even when he hit that home run, right, that there was still a glimmer of hope. And you cheered. And, and, And for a while, you forgot about all the crap that was happening in the real world. And just outside, and, and it just came back to, all right, this is the diversion that we've wanted for so long. And the people that were really hurting, really suffering, like, they were smiling. They were cheering. Even the people that had to, you know, say goodbye to, to friends, family, loved ones, whatever, for the first time in, you know, 10 days, they could crack a smile. And that's really what sports does, and that's what it's supposed to do. Like, it's not real-life stuff, right? I mean, it's there's certainly more pressing matters in our world and in our lives. But it's supposed to be a diversion. It's supposed to be entertainment. You know, we sit here each day, and we come on the radio. We do a little show. We talk. We crack jokes. We have fun. We laugh. You know, but it, it, it shouldn't take it too seriously. But it has the power to impact lives. Some maybe more than it should, Right. But that case in particular, given the way the world was at that moment, it was pretty damn special, you know. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. That is the telephone number. Javier's in Queens. He's up next here on ninety eight seven ESPN.
6: Javier, what's going on, my friend? Hey, what's going on, Dan? Thanks for having me on. I, you know, I got to shout you out. I always think you do such a good job on the radio. My Thank pocket, you, Javier. I'm, I'm under the entry. Um, awesome. So. Yeah, it's amazing. I love how you were talking. You alluded to Tommy Pham before. I'm not even a Mets fan, but Tommy Pham needs to be smacked. He needs to learn how to do these things. He has to either have his girlfriend, his wife, or his father put those tweets out and then you know deny them and and I, 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 he's trying to uh, play in Japan at this point. It's pretty amazing. I don't what are you talking about?
0: What I don't understand what you're saying like with the tweets. What, do you,
6: what Tommy Pham uh, he he uh, there was a quote about him talking about how the Mets had a terrible work ethic this season. No, I but that wasn't a tweet. That about. was he it, he's that that was in an article, it was through that an interview. Wrote. No, but I mean the the way to do it is to have someone from your family, you know, Oh, I see what you're saying. Going on safe.
0: I see what you're saying. Okay, I got you.
6: Yeah, so, but I, you uh, know what the, the, I, I give him
0: credit though yeah, for yeah, being that. accountable, you know?
6: He's not doing himself any favors though.
0: Yeah, but I don't think he was going to come back here anyways. You know, like, see, Tommy Pham's one of these guys, Javier. Like, if you followed his career, the guy's been on how many teams already? He's, for whatever the reason, like, he's not for everybody. Like, Like, Tommy Pham fits in better with clubhouses that are ready to win. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe more veteran clubhouses, like the teams are already established. That's probably where he fits in. Like some of these teams that are maybe younger and still trying to find their way and haven't really proven anything, that's where I could see him maybe
6: ruffling some feathers because that's what happened his previous couple of stops. He seems like the kind of guy that they're going to pass on because of this kind of stuff. Uh, But the main reason I called was about the Jets. I'm actually going on Sunday, so uh, I'll try to call you after the game and we'll see how how things are. But, you know, you really – you struck a chord with me because you said about the Bears, right, like what a mess they are. Like it's not enough to be lucky in this game, right? You got got to know what you're doing. Um, And the Jets have a little bit of luck right now, but you know that if it's Zach Wilson for the rest of the season, it's not going to be a successful season. Like they just need to get somebody – slightly better than this guy, and if somebody's just confident who can pass the ball and, and run up play-action pass, and I'm hoping for a lot of rain on Sunday. I think with Zach and the, the, the only way they win is, is very ugly with the defense kind of cleaning it up, um, but I'm just, I'm very ready for them to just bring just someone who can just manage the game because even if the offensive line improves, they're going to give this guy more time to just make more mistakes. They're not going to give him more time to make great plays.
0: Um, So I don't
6: know. What do you
0: think? Here's the thing, Javier, and I thank you for the phone call. First of all, when you say you win ugly, I got news for you. The team on the other side, that's how they try to win. Remember, this is not the New England Patriots with Tom Brady and Randy Moss and Wes Welker and Gronkowski and, you know, Julian Edelman and all these other great playmakers he had over the years. This is a Patriots team that would love to just score 20 points and shut it down. That's what they would like to do in a perfect world because they're not exactly a a, a high-scoring affair by any stretch. How about this? You want a little number for you? Mac Jones, so far in his career, 0-13 when the opponent scores 24 points or more. There's the magic number for the Jets on Sunday. Can they score 24 points? I'm not even so sure they can, but that's what you want to shoot for. Because I don't think the Patriots offense, especially against this Jets defense, will find a way to put that many points on the board unless you hand it to them.